Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I gradually descend into a whirlpool of resignation. I'm Sean Rollins. And I'm Remington Chase. And let's get the party started. So tell me, Remington. You know, I'm a man of many pleasures. I love lots of different things I that do. are usually considered quite nerdy, right? Yeah, yeah but you, you do happen to be a, a bit of a nerd. That's one of the things I know about you from our friendship. Yeah, and obviously anime stems from that. But what would you say is my other big passion, my big nerdy passion? I would say gaming, largely. Great. Yeah, you know me so well. I'm so proud of you. As gamers go... We all love getting fully immersed into our video games, wouldn't you say? Yes. You know, <laughs> I'm I, already nervous about where this direction is going. I can feel my heart pumping. Well, today, I'd love to explore the idea of really getting into your video games. And I mean really getting into them. Okay. Like, getting into them so deep that you could probably die. <laughs> some, some like, some like Friday the 13th Freddy Krueger is coming at you, but digital, like 8-bit Freddy Krueger. I'm thinking a bit more hyper-realistic. Okay. So tell me, Remington, are you familiar with the oh, cataclysmic anime that is known as Sword Art Online? I have heard of this one. This one I've heard of, oh, yeah? which means that I'm very proud of myself. Um, here's what I know. Okay. I know that it has something to do with them going into a digital world. I'm assuming from the prelude you've just given, a video game world, probably. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's my knowledge. That is 100% of my knowledge. So basically, all your knowledge is just what I told you. Uh, yes, but I had that knowledge beforehand, if that helps. I mean, it's meaningless now, but, uh, yep. Mm, I'm not so sure I believe you, but we'll go for it for the sake of it. Now, Sword Art Online. It's a very, very interesting series back uh when it first came out uh i don't like when you use the word interesting well yeah interesting can be uh, misconstrued in several different ways but uh if i remember correctly the anime adaptation which is the one we're primarily going to be talking about this actually originally started as a light novel series now are you familiar with the term light novel remington i'm gonna hazard a guess is it just like a short and easy to read novel? Yeah. Hey! Um, see, that one is in English, so I can put it together. So a light novel is just what it sounds like. It's a novel that's a bit, you know, lightweight, pretty easy to get into, easy, oh. straightforward to read. It's what I'd like to call the happy medium between a manga and an actual novel. So it's for uh, someone who wants to tell the story... Uh, a bit more in-depth than, uh, you know, a comic book style can allow. So, since it is easy to read, I'm hoping that it's going to be on the less traumatizing end of the scale for anime. Uh... Oh, no. Oh, no. So, uh... when it comes to talking about uh, light novel adaptations, uh, there are quite a few of them. And you think to yourself... Okay, light novel, that means there's more subtext to work with. That means you can get into a bit more detail with your animation mm -hmm. style. You have more to work with. You think, yeah. all right, that's great. Here's the problem, though. Oh. 
why do we always get upset every time we go to see a uh, you know a movie adapted from a big book? Because it cuts the good stuff out. Mm. And with light novels, you don't have as much of that, funnily enough. So, so they can't cut anything out, right? Kind of. Hmm. It's a bit complicated because they do keep a lot of stuff in, which is good. But there are some minor details that just don't translate well, as is the case with any written medium. Of course. It's, you rarely see this problem with manga to anime adaptations because, well, it's right there straightforward. Yeah, nice and you. visual. Mm-hmm. It can lead to some interesting choices in terms of animation and whatnot. <laughs> There's and, that interesting word again. And the weirdest thing about Sword Art Online is, well, pacing. What do you mean, pacing? Well, Remington, when you sit down and enjoy a good story, you know, like you pick up that, that nice crisp Harry Potter book, which I all know you love. Of course. You, you open it up and it's like, oh, Harry Potter and the man... <laughs> Who sold the world. <laughs> the only way anybody can read Harry Potter. Exactly. You have to do your best uh, Stephen Fry impression. That's the way it always goes. And you go through and you're like, okay, good premise. All right, what's happened? What's happened? Oh, he's a wizard. That's cool. Great. Oh, there's a school for wizards. Oh, my goodness. He's going to the school. Oh, some magical things are happening. Oh, this is great. Because, you know, it, it's paced out in such a way that you don't lose interest. You know, you have as, a As a brief tangent... This is the second episode in a row that in our intro, within the first, like, five or so minutes, we have introduced Harry Potter into it. <laughs> I think uh, this connection runs deep. Yes, a little subcontext uh, sub to all anime is that it's all secretly influenced by Harry Potter. <laughs> anime as a genre was plagiarized by Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling could sue the entire nation of Japan for millions. <laughs> All right, so all right, so that that's what you expect, and Sword Art Online's pacing is more. Let me get into a little more detail. Sword Art Online yeah. is what it sounds like. It's a. Uh, it's what an... does it sound like? Well, doesn't Sword Art Online sound like a game title? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's got the word online in it. <laughs> that's all you need. Exactly. So it is what it sounds like. It's your. It's a story uh, theme that we've all um, seen, read, heard, and it's a common theme so much that it's practically its own genre right now. And well, we just eat it up. It's the theme of people being sucked into alternate worlds, or specifically a video game world. And hey, if you die in the game, you die in real life. What? What? Can I ask a quick question? Sure. In. This world, do they know that if they die in the game, they die in real life? Oh, yeah. All right, follow-up question. Why does anybody play this game? <laughs> now, that's actually where the plot starts. Uh, so what happens is, is we get a little bit of an uh, overview of this particular, uh, the setting, per se. It takes place about 20 years into our future, right? So about 2033, I think, is what it is. True virtual reality has just come out. This main guy, Kayaba Akihara... Uh, no, Kayaba Ahiko. It's Kayaba something. John, <laughs> I trusted you. Look, look, it's it's a name, it's important. We'll watch the show and you'll understand. By the end of it, I still won't be able to pronounce it, so that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. But Kayaba, uh, that's that's the part Kaiba. I know. Kayaba? We're watching Yu-Gi-Oh? No, Kayaba. Oh. Nah, nah, you're not that lucky. Not, <laughs> not this week, anyways. He creates, you know, virtual reality using... A th a headset called Nerve Gear, which looks like a very fancy biker helmet that, you know, you slap over your noggin and it intercepts all your brain signals and you go into a virtual reality world. Of course. Yeah. 
And of course, with this comes the game he pairs it with, Sword Art Online, which is a giant VR MMORPG. Would you like me to spell that out for you? I think I understand all the elements there, uh, because fortunately, I understand gaming much more than I do anime, so I've seen all of those. Mm -hmm. So you got this mass multiplayer online Japanese role-playing game, and... VR is? Virtual reality, of course. And I still don't know why anybody would play this game. <laughs> well, they don't know it's going to be a death game. Because who does? Why? You're right. Why would anybody play this game? They're just excited because, hey, virtual reality games that actually feel like you're in the game. How cool is that? It is pretty cool. I mean, it's so much more exciting to actually swing a sword than to just keep spamming left click and hoping for the best. <laughs> I'm just imagining all of these people, like, they feel like they're really swinging swords, but because it's gamers, they're just not in shape, so they get really, really tired. <laughs> you just have, like, an entire camp in this huge world where everybody is just chilling. They're just laying down. They've given up on the adventuring because they're like, man, it's so hard. You know, that would be hilarious, but not very interesting for a very dramatic uh, story. It wouldn't be interesting, but it would be real, Sean. <laughs> but no, so, of course, everybody gets excited. So a couple thousand people get the first edition of the game. They go in, they plug in, they put on the helmet, they lay down, they say the classic phrase, Link start, to start the thing. <laughs> yes, that's what they say. But of course. Because a what? vocal command. What does that mean? It means they're starting the link. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I really should have been able to. Yeah, yeah, it's to pretty put straightforward. That together, it's but pretty I, straightforward. I, I was, I don't know, I was expecting more. I, now, I thought there was something it's I just wasn't the, uh, getting. It's just the vocal command that uh, will uh, activate the, you know, the full dive system. So they jump into the game, and it starts centered around our main hero, our main protagonist, your typical anime sweetheart guy that y'all, everyone wants to be because he's cool, kind of. It starts with a fellow who calls himself Kirito. All right. All right. All right. I'm Important following. name. He jumps into the game, and he's like, "All right, this is exciting. I'm back in the game," because he was a beta tester, so he got to try out the game before it came out. Does he know about the death? No, of course okay. not. Or why would he play it? Questionable legality. Yeah. And uh, so he jumps in. He's like, all right, this is great. Going to play. Runs into a random player who needs some help. He's like, yeah, I'll help you out. This is how you do stuff. Goes to explain some of the mechanics of the game, which is literally just swinging swords in a particular way to deal damage, which makes sense. And then out of nowhere, everybody gets teleported to the main town. And out of nowhere, the sky starts bleeding. Oh, boy. And a big guy shows up and says, Yo, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I made this game. And uh, you're all in this game. I'm glad you like it. Oh, by the way, if you noticed, um, there's no logout button. Yeah. I was really hoping for a Linku stop. Yeah, not afraid not. Hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if some tried that, but uh, no, there's no logout button. So, like, of course, okay, let's just take it off our head. Can't yeah. do that. Intercepts brain signals, things like that. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, so you're uh, you're all stuck here. The only way to get out is to beat the game. All 100 floors of this giant magical tower. Oh, jeez. And, of course, people are freaking out because, like, oh, my God, I'm trapped in the game. And then he kind of comes back and says, oh, yeah, you also uh, die. If you die, you definitely die for certain 
shows them a bunch of news clips of all the people that have already died. If people try to unplug them, they die as well. Because apparently, apparently the Nerve Gear is equipped with uh, enough microwaves running around it that it'll melt your brain if you remove a safety? Something like that? I don't think this is how science works. It's the future, man. <laughs> In the future, science works way different. Yeah, they phrase it a little better, making it sound like it can emit microwaves or something, which, of course, is bad for heads, because microwaves <laughs> make things go boom. <laughs> microwaves, they're bad for heads, and they'll make them go boom. <laughs> that's, our, that's our sponsor today, yeah. just microwaves. And so, of course, everybody freaks out, and it's bad juju. You know, we're stuck in a game. Crap, and we've got to beat it. So, of course, Kirito, being a beta tester... Is all like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run to the next town and start grinding, which is smart. You know, I, I feel like everybody's strategy should be that in a matter yeah. of life and death. I'm yeah. killing as many level two slimes as possible. And that's the thing. Apparently resources are limited, what which is why he's of... going to a different town to start his grinding. Why did this man make this game? God complex is probably the best way to describe it, because... I don't think they actually give him a real reason. He just like I just oh, wanted God. to. I just wanted to make this world, so he did. Uh... Yeah, so that's where it all starts off. The exciting first episode. Kirito runs off to do some grinding to try and get strong enough, and then in the next episode, it skips like three months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I one hundred percent understand the pacing <laughs> issue now. It yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, it skips three months. First floor still hasn't been completed because nobody's been strong enough, and they. The first floor hasn't been completed. Oh yeah. This is this is just poor game design. This this creator he's created this magnificent world with magnificent technology and so many intricate, never before seen things, but he just doesn't know how to design a game well. Have you ever played an MMO? Yes, but you get to level two immediately because they want to oh, hook yeah. you. You have to level up a bunch really fast, but then like the last 10 levels are going to take literal years. Yeah, uh, it's a bit more like, okay, floor one, you'd think, okay, maybe a level like a two boss will be up there. Nah, turns out it's a raid boss, which means that you need a lot of people to fight a monster that nobody could hope to defeat on their own because it's big and beefy. And another issue is, is the floors are so huge that they actually have to find the dungeon itself. <sighs> yep. And there's a hundred of these floors. It starts off with them saying, hey, guess what? We found, we found the boss. We know where to go. Let's go kill it. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. Then some drama happens. Uh, and Kirito ends up uh, pairing up with a mysterious cloaked stranger. She's a hot babe. She's a hot babe. Knew it! <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know she's a hot babe for certain. Oh, of course not. Until oh, the fight when her cloak maybe, flies off. Maybe this cloak figure is even a man. This has to be a man. Oh, such a good fighter, such a good companion. What manly qualities. Oh, the cloak fell off and suddenly I'm in love with your disproportionately sized breasts. <laughs> Funnily enough, breasts pretty normal. Oh, that's the biggest twist of them all, Sean. Yeah. You know, they go, they fight... Uh, this cloaked figure is obviously a little depressed of the whole thing, because who wouldn't be, you know, stuck in a game? And uh, Kirito does his smooth um, accidental charm thing that all anime protagonists seem to be capable of doing. 
you know, and uh, she kind of is like, oh, okay, this seems like a nice enough fella. They get to the boss fight, cloak flies off. Oh, look, it's a hot girl. They uh, beat the boss, move on, and Kirito continues to be a solo player because he, well, you know, someone dies in the fight, of course, because who wouldn't die in a boss fight? Another question, why wouldn't you be like, hey, literally everyone, I'm about to go fight the first boss, so how about we all move on? Oh, that's what so that way did. we're all able to fight the second boss, and that's just an objectively good strategy. Well, that's actually what they do. It starts okay, out with perfect. a meeting of, uh, like, about 50 people, like, hey, we found the first boss, let's go beat it. Everybody pair up, and that's what happens. And so they go, they fight the boss, uh, it gets really bad because it's slightly different, the bosses, from mm. the beta. So uh, the beta players were information given by the beta players was wrong. Is there a run option? Oh, of course uh, there is. But why would they? Because that's a reasonable and sensible thing to do. Because you're like, oh, crap, this thing is different. Let's reanalyze and run. Yeah. But uh, no, no, they continue to fight it. They beat it. Kirito gets blamed for the person's death, which is a little fair in honesty. Then in episode three, it skips about a year. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, boy. So you're starting is... to get the uh, the pacing yeah, issue. Yeah, I fully understand uh, the pacing issue. This is this going to be interesting. Yeah. So all the the real meat of this, uh, the part of the story that we're going to be examining today is... Uh, in the last couple episodes where it, st- it slows down massively. Sean, I can't help but notice something that you just said. Yeah? You said the last couple episodes, and the, the rule uh, of this podcast is that we have to watch at least three episodes. Three to four, yeah. Uh, yeah, three to four episodes. And so when you say the last couple, are you talking about episodes three and four, Sean? Well, Remington... Oh. No, d- don't be so disheartened. <laughs> the reason being... Uh, it's because we're gonna... you hate me. <laughs> so with shows that are as popular as Sword Art Online, we're going to have to give a little bit more attention to detail. Because if we just do a simple first look like we do with a lot of these uh, lesser known animes, people might get mad at us. It's hard to talk about something as big of a property as Sword Art Online after only watching a couple episodes. Because, like I said, you saw the massive pacing issues in the first three episodes. I'd like all of our listeners to know, I do this for you guys. Yeah. And don't worry, don't worry. We're not going to watch the whole season. Oh, thank God. I, uh, because the season is neatly divided into two. Perfect. So we're only going to be watching about 14 episodes. Oh my God. Wow! Oh, God. Oh, so does that mean the full season is 28 episodes? No, no, no. It's only about 25. <laughs> this, oh, this is 10 more than our standard. Already episode two, we've thrown our standard out the window. Who cares about Remington's soul? Just watch 14 episodes of an anime. I I don't know if I I am physically capable of consuming this much anime, Sean. Well, we'll have to find out. 
Uh, Don't worry, though. The p- pacing may be weird, but it's such a straightforward and easy thing to understand that you'll just absorb it quite naturally, uh, which is part of the reason I think it's so popular. But we'll talk more about that later. One thing before we jump into it that you'll soon realize is that it starts out with great world building ideas, you know, because nice. I'm a sucker for world building. So, of course, that appeals to me. Uh, oh, OK. Mechanics. That's interesting because every game has mechanics. Great. A little bit of romance here on there. Of course. You know, that's important. It's an anime. Yeah. Yep. I have to have some kind of lovey-dovey stuff. And uh, it starts doing all that stuff. It's <laughs> a great start. But then it, it, it's like you, you, you give me a candy bar and you're like, it starts tasting like like sweet chocolate. Mm. But then towards the end, it sort of just tastes like sour milk and rotten chicken. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that bad. More like toothpaste. <laughs> you know? Perfect. It's, I, it's like the, mis- it's the mystery chocolate in the heart box of chocolate, you know? Oh, I just, I can't wait. Yeah, so uh, just a little more story context for you. Uh, of course, you know, time skips happen here and there. Turns out the uh, lovely lady that uh, he helps in the second episode turns out to be get really good at the game and ends up being one of the strongest fighters in the entire game alongside him, who happens to be a strong fighter. And of course, you'll never guess what happens... But they fall in love. Of course, they fall in love. But oh. then there's going to be a crazy twist where she's actually the daughter of the game creator. And all of a sudden, is she villainous? But of course, she's not villainous. But we got to create tension somehow. And then they're going to fight and get in a fight. And then they're going to separate. Then he'll almost die. She'll come to his rescue. He'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry for judging you. They'll get back together again. It'll all be fu- great. And then they'll manage the other 60 floors that they have left. And it'll all be okay. I'm ready for this, Sean. If only that was the actual case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, yeah. You'll understand. All right. So we're going to go. We're going to go watch these 14 episodes. We're going to make it as quick as possible for the sake of Remington's sanity. And we'll be back to talk about this in a minute. Hold on to your butts, guys. This is going to get rough. Well, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, we're back. We just sat down and watched around 14 episodes of Sword Art Online. Now, Remington, tell me, how are you feeling? Let, let me just let me just put this into perspective for all of our listeners. We are now a day later. We had four and a half hours yesterday, but we were filming in the evening, so it went till midnight. It went till past midnight, and so we had to film. We had to watch the rest of them today, and there was still way too much. I have endured so many hours of anime, I don't think my heart or my mind are functioning properly right now. Oh, don't worry, man. You only have a week to get back into it. You'll, you'll oh, recover. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, no, it took quite a while because, as we all know, episodes last around 20 to 30 minutes. Uh... And 14 of them, well, that's, you know, about 
seven hours of listening time. Takes in, a while. In layman's terms, it's uh, too goddamn much. All at once, yeah, I understand. Uh, but, but Remington, what did you think? You know, this is one of the most popular animes of all time. When it came out in 2012, everybody loved it. It was so adored, appreciated. Everybody wanted to be the main character. They wanted to be Kirito. They wanted to go on adventures, meet beautiful girls, and have the greatest love story of all time. Alright, so my opinion... It's probably going to anger a few people, Sean. Oh. Uh, let me phrase it this way. So this is episode two of our podcast. Episode one, of course, Rosario Vampire, uh, which was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Mm. Uh, here is my claim. Rosario Vampire is better at what it is than Sword Art Online. That is a very bold-faced statement, Remington. And allow me to uh, explain, because I think quality-wise, Sword Art Online definitely has Rosario Vampire beat. However, Rosario Vampire, it was etchy. It knew that it was just trying to be sexy with all the fanfare and all the panty shots. It knew what it was. And even though it was bad, it did that quite well. Meanwhile, Sword Art Online, it wasn't a good action, it wasn't a good drama, it wasn't really good on any of those things that it tried to do. So, even though it's higher quality, something like Rosario Vampire is better at what it attempts to do than Sword Art Online. Oh, but Remington, the world building. Let's, let's talk about the world building, Sean. Mm. Episode one opens up. They get sent to this world. There's a lot of really interesting ideas, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Super interesting ideas. I totally understand how people can really get into it and imagine themselves being a part of this online world. The problem is... They are so inconsistent with the rules, both how they introduce them and then how they implement rules that have already been established. They just don't care. It's almost like you're saying a good story needs constant focus on minor details and pacing that involves character development. 100%. So we'll be getting uh, in, into some spoilers. We're very close to uh, quite a lot of spoilers. But what it felt like was the writer, and as you've told me, there's just one writer for this. The writer went through, did it all in one go, and then never thought to have a revision. So you can literally see them discover new things along the creative process through the development of this anime, and instead of making it so it ties in together with everything that's happened already, they're just like, yeah, we'll just keep it there towards the end, and that makes perfect sense, even though it absolutely doesn't. But Remington, what about all those crucial plot points that popped up, you know? Like, uh, oh, here's a good one. Kirito's time spent with that one small guild, you know, near the beginning. Oh, yes, yes. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll, let's let's get into um, the, finer the, the story just a little bit. Uh, because we watched 14 episodes, we won't be able to go super in-depth. We, we can touch upon the main things. Oh, yeah, yeah. So something that is super important all throughout is uh, the introduction of this character, Sachi. Oh, yeah. 
Sachi, super important character. She's brought up so often, even though she exists for 15 minutes. Maybe less. But that was such a heartfelt, touching 15 minutes, Remington. Sachi comes in and... Oh, you know what? Before we talk about Sachi, we have to talk about the main character. Oh. We have to. And I here I thought you wanted to not talk about him ever again. Oh. So tell me, you have our main character, the badass that he is. You have Kirito, the black swordsman. So... You have Kirito, and he is the pinnacle of bland protagonists, but he's also just the only flavor that he has is occasionally being annoying, occasionally being abrasive, occasionally being a complete dickhead, and all the girls want his dick. All of them. 100%. You meet a female in this world, and they're like, oh my god, Kirito, I love you so much. And that's bullshit, because he has no personality at all. Oh, but what about uh, Yui? She clearly didn't want his dick. Oh, fair, fair enough. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Yui. We will get to Yui, mm -hmm. the one girl who doesn't want Kirito's dick, and she's one of my most hated characters in the entire thing. All right, so that, those are my problems with Kirito. Now that we've done that, now we can get back to Sachi. Okay, yeah, so Sachi comes in about episode three, you know? Time has passed quite a bit. It's been, you know, about half a year in uh, the time of sword art and of course the solo player kirito he jumps into a party with a bunch of uh you know lower level people and they're like hey man you're pretty good at this game want to join our guild and he's like well yeah sure why not <laughs> for some reason he says yes even though at this point two characters that will obviously become much more important later on and that's asana and klein uh, it's very obvious due to their, like, character details, they're going to become more important later on. Both of them have been like, hey, Kirito, let's join up together. And Kirito, being the angsty teenage boy that he is, is like, I go solo. I don't need anybody else. And then this guild just shows up and is like, hey, we'd love to work with you. And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, no, it's great, too, because, you know, then you get to introduce to all the characters. You've got Sachi and... Do the others even have names? They did. <laughs> uh, were they all told? Mm, yes, only when they were being screamed near the end. Yeah, because what happens with this guild, it's shown that uh, Sachi is in love with Kirito, super into him, and Kirito seems to sort of like Sachi as well. And then, ten minutes later... The guild goes into a dungeon, and they all die. They all get murdered, except Kirito and the leader. But Sachi, she dies. You know her for less than 15 minutes. And as she dies, she looks straight at Kirito, and she says something, though we don't know what. Ooh, how mysterious. Oh, but weren't those 15 minutes so heartfelt? Couldn't you see the chemistry between Sachi and Kirito? It's almost like we had like whole like 15 episodes to deal with learning about Sachi and how Kirito feels about her. It's like we had so much time condensed into that 15 minutes. Weren't you just heartbroken when she died? You know, Sean, there's sometimes where I, I watch 
an episode of something, and I am absolutely amazed at the amount of content and emotion and story that they are able to place into such a short time. So, uh, a company that does great, the Pixar shorts that show up in front of every Pixar movie, those are often so well done, they pack so much into so little. It's magnificent. Yeah. This is not one of those times, Sean. What? Instead, you were just like, oh, okay, there's a character. Let's see how they develop. Oh, they're dead already. But you'd think that that would be it. But genuinely, at least every other episode, Kirito has this flashback to Sachi reminiscing about her, being like, oh, how I miss that girl who I met briefly. Oh, but no, if you look at the dates... It shows that they had been working together for at least a couple of months, so oh, that was plenty of, of time for them to get together. Oh, those couple of months that we saw so much of. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that's Sachi. We don't want to spend uh, a too much time uh, on her. You're uh, right. We have more important girls to get onto. Uh, so I, many girls. Let's talk about the next girl. It's like a dating sim that's pretending that it's not one. Let's talk about uh, probably your favorite next girl. Let's talk about Silica. Which one was Silica? She was the dragon tamer. Oh, God, Silica. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so so Silica, she shows up. She's like 11 years old. Ah, I wouldn't say 11. She, okay, so I'm going to uh, probably believe that she's a little bit older than 11 years old, but she looks way younger like a not okay at all age and the first bit of eroticism in this entire show is this girl which is very disturbing because you just see a nice underwear shot and of course she falls in love with kirito and there's something really disturbing sean mm -hmm. so he meets kirito meets silica and she asks him for help, and he decides to help her out and be super helpful. Do you know why he decides to help her out, John? Oh, I, I have a pretty good idea. It's because she reminds him of his little sister. Yeah. Keep in mind, though, this is the sexual tension there is far too much. Oh, hey, you remind me of my little sister. I wanted to bang her too. That's not okay. Oh, now, now, let's let's be real here. It wasn't clear that Kirito wanted her that way. And besides, her age, not too bad. She's thirteen. Oh my God, why does this keep happening? I wish I could tell you, friend, but you know. <laughs> It's also sad because it shows that Kirito is a caring older brother, doesn't it? No! Because <laughs> we never... Something I was looking forward to was seeing how the outside world and like his little sister and his family uh, and the world at large would react to this terrible crisis of everybody being trapped within this, this online game. That is never shown. We see one clip of the outside world and that is at the very, very end. But then with, with Silica... She has this build where she has to take her, her dragon and they bring it back to life. We don't see it be brought back to life. And we don't see her again. Oh, no, no. You see her at the end of episode 14 for about half a second. <laughs> she, yeah, she has a half a second cameo. You are correct. It feels like she's going to be a meaningful character. 
And then she's just not. And they, Sword Art Online kept doing this. They kept introducing characters that felt like they had so much potential that if they were fleshed out would be so interesting. But then it just let them fall flat. It just abandoned them. Uh, so you're saying Silica is not your best girl? Definitely not. Okay, Definitely let's not. talk about the next potential girl. Let's talk about Lisbeth. Uh, Liz Lisbeth was okay. Really? Lisbeth, I'm gonna put as an, a solid okay. Uh, she's one of the few girls that wanted Kirito's dick that I enjoyed and thought had potential be even further than what she showed. She she was interesting. She was a little bit sassy, which I liked. There was there was like zero sass in the entire show, and but the small amount of sass all came from Liz, mm. which I'm a I'm a man who likes his sass. That was great to see. She had just a one episode, relatively meaningless plot line about making a sword for him. Oh yeah, and then you you see her in a half second cameo at the end too, and that's it. Ah oh, yeah, well, aren't you glad you had that whole episode dedicated to her? Oh, let me tell you, it really made it a very meaningful exchange, and I really felt like I learned more about the human condition after that episode. Oh, yeah. All right, so, Lizbeth, okay, but you wouldn't call her your best girl, would you? No, no, definitely not. Nah, nah, that's fair. All right, then let's talk about the real girl, the main girl, the girl to end all girls in this show, the girl that we all know canonically, Kirito is gonna fall in love with. Let's talk about Asuna. Could we not? <laughs> I'm afraid we have to. She's so crucial to the story, Remington. Everything I said about Kirito, just repeat that for Asuna. Ah, but didn't she have way more personality than Kirito? Sort of? The, the weird thing, like, Asuna had these moments of personality that were really interesting. She went from being this super shy and timid girl to uh, five episodes later being this ruthless badass. We don't see the development, of course. We just see her at one point being timid and at one point being a ruthless badass. Well, why would you want to see that kind of character <laughs> of development? Of course, char character development is far overrated. But there were some interesting sparks in that but then she just becomes a very standard female Kirito. And that's it. For the entire latter half, the entire last seven episodes that we watched, she was just female Kirito. <laughs> Alright, okay. I don't like Kirito, so I don't like Kirito with tits. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like tits make most things better. <laughs> I mean, right, it's a bit more palpable. Slight improvement still not good oh but she's also a good cook too oh yeah she she's the only person ever to max out cooking as a stat it it's so the world is so weird when it comes to how it describes its different skills and stats because you have some people who max it out but it's just a, such a counterintuitive system where it doesn't add up. You have this one guy who's great at fishing, but then he needs Kirito's help to fish, which you'd assume he has the best skill set. He fishes every single day, but Kirito is Kirito, so of course he can do better. Ah, oh, it's not that his fishing skill was better, it's that he had the strength stat to pull the fish in, whereas the other guy didn't. That's just some crappy apologist reasoning, because it never explains 
any of that. It it builds the world when it is convenient to the plot line, and then it'll either not do any world building, or even worse, it'll break rules that it's already established. Mm. So what you're saying is is you'd like to, you know, understand more about the numbers and the rules and the specifics of how things work in this world. You're saying that the world building itself is a crucial part for uh, something of this genre, so you can better understand how they are so good at what they are doing, other than just, well, guess what they are. 100%. And Sean, in uh, the first half of this episode, you left me with a warning, and that was about pacing. Oh boy, that couldn't be more accurate. The pacing in Sword Art Online is atrocious. Well, come now. Why would you want to see the little tiny details from month to month? In fact, if I remember correctly, it starts by, oh, a month later... Okay, that's quite a big skip, you know, but it's tolerable. Uh, then it's several months later. Oh, that's not great. Then it's a year later, and then two years later, and it's like, oh. Yeah, most of the story is just, is happening approximately two years later uh, from the initial day, and it just feels so rushed at that point. It also never answers fully what's happening on the outside world in those two years. It's shown that the system is flawed, and yet you don't have, like, hackers going out there trying to get within the software, trying to make it so everything is okay and that you're saving thousands of people's lives. Ah, but that would be, you know, reasonable and understandable. Of course, that would make way too much sense. Yeah. And we have missed, uh... One girl in our discussion of girls, and that oh. was the one we said we would get to. Yes, let's be real. She's going to be your best girl, isn't oh. she? We're talking, of course, about Yui, the AI. That's a bit of a spoiler, but guess what? You figure that out, you know, so quickly. Not much of a spoiler. Yui is a badly used character. Okay. She pops up. And uh, she's, it's so mysterious. She's, she's not quite a player, but she's not quite an NPC. What is she? Why is she here? So many questions, right? And then they play the trope, which I hate, where she has amnesia and she needs to be introduced to the world. And then she calls Kirito and Asuna mommy and daddy. Oh, how adorable. Which, by the way, at this point, they're engaged. Uh, that happens, like, two months into them starting to actually interact with each other. Mm, uh, because talk about that. Oh, boy. So she starts calling them mommy and daddy, and you're supposed to be like, oh, how cute. But you've known her for four minutes at this point, so you don't care about that yet. And then, as it turns out, she's like a mental health helper that's glitched into the system, and they don't really answer any of the details about that super simplified ai therapist yep that uh broke and uh you know had amnesia because programs can get amnesia i like to think that they were thinking of kind of a short circuit scenario where she got true artificial intelligence and was like oh this is a real person i feel emotionally attached to this Except, you know, it, she only lasted for about ooh, what was it an episode and a half yep episode and a half 
Sean, to, to compare this to uh, a non-anime, uh, Stranger Things, wildly popular. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm about to make some more enemies here. That seems to be all you do when we ever we have a conversation, Remington. One of my least favorite characters in Stranger Things uh, in season one is Eleven, because they just use that trope of here we go, here's everything, introducing you to the basics of the world and the basics of being a kid, haha. Ha. I hate that trope, and Yui is that trope. Mm. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. But weren't you, like, emotionally shocked when you realized that the system was deleting her because she used her admin privileges and that, oh no, this character is not going to exist anymore. What'll we ever do without her? I just want to know how a program has admin privileges. It's like me having a file, like a Word document, that's suddenly deleting the recycle bin. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. That's not how things work. You know, I'm starting to think that you'd be a lot more okay with these plot points if they had spent time developing them yes sword art online could easily be something that i enjoy and i really like if they just took the time to develop the characters think about the plot polish the details because the ore is there the raw material is there they just decided to take it from the ground and throw it at you before processing it or refining it in any way. All right, that's fair. Now, before we end, though, I have to talk to you about one specific part that has had a bit of controversy surrounding it. Um, and that is what we like to refer to as the end of chapter 13, which is the chapter in the light novel where this takes place. I'm, of course, talking about the post-aftermath of the big boss battle where Kirito reveals that he has a dual-wielding skill. Oh, and, yeah. of course, he nearly dies. It's very sad and dramatic. And, of course, Asuna is in tears that he nearly died and was like, stay with me for the night. And you're thinking, wait a minute. Are they gonna... Are they gonna do a thing? Oh, my God, they're gonna do a thing. And, of course, there's this typical... Uh, anime reaction where and misunderstanding rather where they get back to the home they have a meal afterwards Asuna turns out all the lights and then strips down to her knickers and of course Kirito being the high and noble guy that he is he's like no, no I just wanted to stay in the same room with you tonight which of course is like oh ha 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 that's hilarious laughter ensues yeah and then it cuts to later where Asuna is lying in bed with clearly less clothing on. Meanwhile, Kirito is fully clothed. Yeah. <laughs> and it sparked a debate of people asking, wait a minute, did they actually... Did they... No, 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 surely not. Of course they did! They did... How is this a debate? Did they have sex, didn't they? Do you see that she has no clothes on? Of course they yeah. had sex. And here's the thing. Uh, this actually was such a debate point. Oh, boy that the author responded. I, I swear to God, if he says that they didn't... Mm, it's a bit worse, actually. What he did is he released a bonus chapter. Oh, God! It's called Chapter 13.5, I believe. Oh, God, no! I might have the number wrong, but it's something point five, 
where he describes how scootily pooping works in Sword Art Online. That's not okay! So it is canonical that they have done the sideways tango. They're so young! Yeah, 16 and 17, come on now. They're so young to my western mind! (laughs) If you were 16 and 17, you wouldn't have cared so much. But that doesn't mean it's okay to be in a media format. Rule 34 has many outlets, my friend. That's not acceptable. And hey, at least the author came out with an official statement. Uh, I don't... No, doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it better. All right, all right. So we talked about this first season, and then you're thinking to yourself, oh, this sounds terrible. But... Either way, it was still one of the most popular anime of its time. Why? It's pretty straightforward, really. This is what I think. I think that people can relate to the main character because they can see something of themselves in him because he's such a blank slate. Which is a well-known phenomenon. This even applies to live-action actors. Uh, When you have film actors, uh, like Keanu Reeves is surprisingly amazing at this special quality of being a blank template. And when you have a blank template, people are psychologically able to place themselves within it. So even though if you're aware that they're a blank template, it makes it a bad character, if you're able to ignore that, you're you're usually able to immerse yourself further. Yeah, which makes sense. And it's understandable why this was so popular. But the real question is, Remington... You know, there are actually another half, season and a half left of this show to watch. I don't understand. Because let's, let's go for uh, the, the big spoilers and very briefly uh, describe describe the end um, of, of episode 14. All right. It's really straightforward. <sighs> oh, yeah. Now, if you haven't seen this anime and you're really heart f- set on watching it... Go ahead, watch it, come back to this. It'll be fine. We'll still be here. We're very patient. Uh, But this is what happens. They had just finished fighting the biggest, baddest boss on on, uh, floor 75. You know, three quarters of the way done. And then, out of nowhere, at the end, Kirito looks at the leader of the Knights of the Blood Oath, which is this big guild that Asuna's a part of. And he's the only guy who's ever beaten Kirito at literally anything ever. Exactly. Looks at his health and sees that, hey, it's still in the green, even though everybody else is nearly dead. Hmm. That's suspicious. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try and stab him. Dun-dun-dun! Surprise! He's an immortal object. Which... This was a concept introduced uh, an episode before. Yeah. So, uh, you're supposed to understand the relevance. Yes. And, of course, Kirito accuses him of being the creator of the game based solely on the fact that nobody likes to watch people play games. Screw you, Let's Players. <laughs> yeah. Twitch.tv, who needs it? Sword Art Online says, up yours. Exactly. And, of course, you know, he could have just been like, well, that's just silly. But, of course, he's caught in the act, so he's like, all right, yeah, no, you got me. Here's what I'm going to do, though. I'll let you give you a chance to fight me now as opposed uh, uh, to on floor 100. If you beat me, everybody goes free. Sounds good. Deal, right? And of course, you know, Asuna reasonably says, uh, let's not do that because he's strong as hell. 
And that'd be a bad idea. A reasonable assumption, I'd feel. But Kirito is not a reasonable man. Nah, so of course he agrees to the challenge. He goes, he fights, he fights. And at this point, everybody uh, who went with them, they are paralyzed. Yeah. They've, it's, uh, it's a hard program to paralysis. They cannot move. It's fundamentally, it's been done by the game designer himself. They can't do anything. It's just Kirito and the game developer. And the fight climaxes. Kirito thrusts his powerful sword towards Kayaba, and the sword snaps. There's dun, a moment dun, of tension, dun. and he says goodbye. Kirito swings the sword, and lo and behold, Asuna jumps in the way and takes the blow for Kirito. I know what a few of you listeners are thinking. Didn't I just moments ago say everybody else was paralyzed? I did. She defeated the paralysis. You may be wondering, how did she defeat the paralysis? I'm still wondering that. I believe the direct quote from the creator himself is, I didn't expect there to be any way to defeat the paralysis, but I guess these things happen. They literally just say, just don't worry about it. That's what, that's what they're telling the audience. I know this doesn't make sense with what we've set up, but just go with it because we don't have a story otherwise. And of course, Kirito is heartbroken. The love of his life is gone forever. But I see, and I, I had a solution for this. I had a great plot point set up. Oh yeah. You see, because when Sachi died way back when, you remember when it was supposed to be a huge deal, we learned that there is a revival crystal. And then he got the revival crystal, but it turns out it can only revive somebody 10 seconds after they die. So he can't revive Sachi. But then he hands it off to Klein, right? Klein, who's... Sort of the best friend role, even though he gets no screen time, so he's pretty irrelevant. But he gives it to Klein. So as soon as Asuna dies, I'm like, aha, 10 seconds, Klein can revive her. This is the moment. And then 10 seconds pass, no Asuna revival. And I'm like, okay, well, shit. And then, of course, Kirito's heartbroken. He picks up Asuna's sword. He goes forward, attempts to swing at him, but of course he has no heart in it, so he does the wimpiest, shittiest <laughs> so swing. Which... That swing genuinely made me lose it. It was hilarious. And then, of course, gets stabbed in the heart, and we watch as Kirito's health slowly dies down. And then, in a spur of a moment... It hits zero, and in my mind, once again... Klein has the Revival Stone. This is the moment I've been waiting for. They're pulling a bit of a Harry Potter thing on that. We, he's he's going to die, but he isn't going to die because Klein has the Revival Stone. It'll be revived. He'll go back. He'll whoop some ass and everything will be okay. Is that what happens, Sean? Of course not, Remington. He's the main character. And that would be a really interesting plot point, but of course you can't have that. Instead, what happens is he uses his pure willpower to get one final stab at Kayaba. He just becomes undead. Yeah, stabs him, kills Kayaba, and then he himself dies as well. Which you think, <sighs> okay, alright, that's fine, what now? He wakes up in, like, a heavenly landscape and watches as the floating castle where they had lived for two years is collapsing. But guess what? Asuna's there waiting, and he's like, oh shit, sorry, I died. Uh, and of course, she's upset, he's upset, there's some crying... And then the creator himself comes in his uh, human form, which, you know, you haven't really seen since the beginning of the series. And he's like, okay, good work on beating the game. Uh, 
Why did I do this, you ask? Uh. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. Why? Why has the creator created such a game that can cause so many deaths, so many problems? What is the purpose behind all of this? And his answer... Uh. It's so frustrating! The writer just wrote himself into a corner and couldn't think of a good end, so he just gave up. Can you really call it giving up, Remington? Because Remington... There's so many more stories oh, in this how? world. How? Sean, Sean, I'm sure that you will eventually torture me with more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to set uh, a new rule. Uh, <laughs> rather, I'm going to more strongly enforce a previous rule. You can pull this shit where you have me watch more than three to four episodes one time in every like bundle of 10 episodes. So until episode 10, you cannot pull another watch 14 episodes on me again because I just don't have the strength. <laughs> oh, don't worry, friend. It was a test of sorts, and but you do understand why you had to watch this chunk because that was a complete story right there. Oh, boy. And yeah. it's hard, but you're going to have to watch the rest of these at some <laughs> oh, other points. As Just long as be- you give me time. I'll give you plenty of time. Don't worry. I have a whole list lined up for <laughs> oh, you. Oh, God. But some final thoughts on Sword Art Online. Tell me, Remington, if after we're done with this, would you like to just sit down and watch a couple more episodes with me? I definitely would not. Um, I, I'm really hoping that one day we'll see an anime that I really enjoy. Sword Art Online had so much potential, but it messed it up at every turn. Between the crazy pacing, the character development that led absolutely nowhere, and the world building that was both inconsistent and ill-timed all throughout... I just can't, in- I can't bring myself to enjoy Sword Art Online, and I understand the appeal, but ultimately, I don't think it's for me. But aren't you excited that Kirito and Asuna actually survive in the end? No, I was, ah, uh, them dying was one of the best moments for me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, friend. Well, I think that's about all we can say on the matter for now. Don't worry. We'll come and talk about the rest of Season 1 and then Season 2. I'm sure Remington will have plenty to say about those seasons. I myself used to love this show. I admit it. I put myself in the mindset of a character in the show. I thought, hey, this is a sucky thing to happen, but if it were to happen, I'd have a good chance of it. I loved it when I was younger and it first came out. I look at it now... And I have to agree mostly with Remington. It's open-ended and not very well developed, which is sad. But hey, if you really love the show and you think that we're a couple of idiots, feel free and let us know. Tell us why you think this is a really good show, because I'd like to understand why. And I'm sure Remington would love to tear apart any thoughts of positivity you can direct towards this show. I'm willing to change my mind, but it's very unlikely. Thank you guys so much for listening. We sincerely appreciate it. If you guys want to hit us up with feedback, suggestions, ideas, or questions, you can send an email over on to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. And with that said, have a great one, everybody, and we'll see you next time.